0: Hey there, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I have a couple of fun stories to share with you today. But first, I want to tell you about my friend David Breslow. If you're into some of the bigger uh, Neville Goddard-focused groups on Facebook, you probably already know who he is. He's a dear friend of mine, and he's written two books recently. Beyond the Words An Uncommon Sense Guide to Manifesting Your Every Desire, and Breaking the Illusion 25 original magical scenes, short stories to wake, shake, and elevate your life's journey. I thoroughly enjoyed both books, and I really believe you will too. They're both available on Amazon. You can pick up both books for under $20. I told him they're worth much more than what he's charging for the books. Check it out. Just go to Amazon.com and search for David Breslow, B-R-E-S-L-O-W. The newest book, Breaking the Illusion, is full of delightful stories with deep truths woven into them. Zoe is my favorite character, by the way. Okay. The first story is from a listener who asked to remain anonymous. I'm going to read what they sent me. I started a new job and for a few months, things were going great. Then I began having trouble with the supervisor. She liked to call people out and embarrass them. She also loved smart comments. No matter how nice I was, it didn't change anything. So I tried having nice conversations with her in my mind. But that was to no avail finally i couldn't take it anymore and i said to myself she found another job even when she tormented me i would be unfazed and say quietly and happily i'm so glad you got another job then lo and behold one fateful morning she says some of you may not have heard but my last day is january 2nd she had moved up in the company And she lived close by, so there was no reason for her to leave. Mike, I was so happy. The meeting was over and I was still standing there. Joy, sweet joy. (laughs) I knew it was because I persisted. On her last day, I got her a bon voyage gift. (laughs) This person wanted to be free of that state, the state the supervisor was in. Imagining a lovely conversation with her wouldn't work. And I think we can all agree we've had moments like that where... Trying to imagine having a wonderful conversation with someone, a particular person, seems impossible. So they went to something they could believe in. Imagining the supervisor got another job and feeling the thrill of that, the thrill of not having that state in their life anymore. Now, the next story is mine. About a month ago, I got a letter from our parish government, uh, not a Catholic church parish. What you call a county in your state, we call a parish here in Louisiana. The letter was informing me that I had jury duty the following month, this month, September. Now, some people that I know enjoy doing jury duty and stuff like that, but I have absolutely no interest in it. So, as I registered online, as the letter told me to do, I knew then that I was not going to serve. I'm not doing it jury duty was supposed to start this past monday and today's friday but we had a hurricane on its way to our area yeah i know another hurricane (laughs) so they postponed it jury duty not the hurricane until yesterday thursday i went down to the courthouse yesterday morning i checked into the jury pool or the jury pool room and i took a seat a hundred of us packed into this small room and i could hear people murmuring Uh, all around me about how much they were dreading this whole thing. One woman sitting next to me was trying out excuses on me, giving me reasons that she's going to tell the judge why she can't serve on the jury. And she asked me what I thought. And I said, yeah, you know, maybe so. (laughs) I didn't try to come up with anything because I knew I wasn't going to be selected. I just knew it. I even told Kim that morning, hey, I'll be talking to you soon. After about an hour, a woman walked to the lectern in the front of the room and called out the names of 50 people that had to remain. And guess what? My name was called. I was the fourth one called. So that meant I was part of the 50 that were going to be used for jury selection that day. She excused the other 50, whose names were not called, but she did tell them that they're still on call until the end of the day Friday. They were all smiles when they filed out of their room. (laughs) Okay, so I'm in the first cut. It doesn't mean that I'm staying. That's what I told myself. I still knew I wasn't going to serve on jury duty this week. A few minutes later, the same woman called out 14 names for the 12 jury members and two alternates. And I was the fourth name called again. So now I'm on the jury, unless I'm excused during the voir dire. I didn't try coming up with reasons to give the judge on why I shouldn't be a juror. I decided that I would enjoy it. Let's see how this plays out. And I knew, I just knew that I'd be calling my wife soon to tell her that I'm out. So knowing that I'd be out soon, I got to enjoy the time there and meet some interesting people. I got to chat with some folks who I've known since I was a reporter, people that work at the courthouse and the clerk of court's office. It was really a pleasurable experience for me So a little while later, the bailiff led us into the courtroom. I'm now seated in the front row of the jury box, the first seat. And the judge asked each one of us to stand up and introduce ourselves and uh, give the lawyers a little bit of information about who and what we are and what we do. Now, if you know me well, you know I can't help but bring up what I talk about on here. And I did there. I introduced myself and Ended up talking about how I host the Feeling Twisty podcast, about how you can change your life by changing your self-concept. After we had all introduced ourselves, the 14 of us, the prosecutor began interviewing each one of us. This is a murder trial, and the prosecutor was getting very specific about what constitutes murder or second-degree murder according to the law. And the defense attorney objected, saying that the assistant DA was actually using specifics of the case, which apparently is a no-no during voir dire. The judge told the prosecutor to lay off, but the prosecutor didn't. No matter how many times the defense attorney objected, the prosecutor just kept going with the same types of questions, the same specifics. Eventually, the defense attorney said, I object to this whole line of questioning and asked that the jury be sent out of the courtroom. And so the judge sent us to lunch. After the break, the 14 of us, along with the other 36 potential jurors, lingered outside the courtroom waiting to be let in. And during those few minutes of waiting, I got to have a lovely conversation with a man who heard me mention what I talk about on here, and he wanted to know more. So it was a great conversation that we had. And then the bailiff sticks his head out of the courtroom and told us all, you're released. The judge says, go home. <laughs> Turns out the prosecutor had tainted all 50 of us because of the details of the case he was using deering voir dire. <laughs> So we all got to go home and the 50 people who were initially released earlier that morning were called back and required to show up to the court today. Now, I couldn't have devised the means to getting out of jury duty. I just knew what I wanted, and I remained in the end. I'm not bragging in any way. There have been many times, too many to count, when I jumped at the first sign of things going the wrong way, assuming I did something wrong. And many of those times, it turned out I did do something wrong because of my persistence in the assumption that I did something wrong. It was my lack of faith in my imaginal act, in my assumption that did it, not the actual act. It always comes down to what I believe. I've been called to jury duty. This is now the sixth time I've been called over the years and all the other times I pulled every string I could find, came up with all types of excuses and why I couldn't serve on jury duty, but I didn't want to do this this time. It was the perfect opportunity for me to rest in the end and i knew that i would have this great story to share with you on my next episode there's no need to argue your point with someone or try to manipulate circumstances or manipulate people to try to get your way i found manipulation comes from my state of lack my misidentification of self when in doubt just go back to the end that you've already imagined, that you've already felt and when in doubt on what to do, do the loving thing, right? Being kind and loving is so much more fun. If you notice your thoughts are going to the idea of maybe I did something wrong, stop right there and just assume you did it perfectly the first time and are still doing it perfectly. It is your faith in your imaginal act that matters not what you did when you imagined it, your faith in it. And by imaginal act, I mean that moment when you assume the feeling of your wish fulfilled, regardless of what technique you're using, the moment of conception, when you fertilized the new state, as Neville would say. Your faith in that moment is what matters, not what you did in the moment. It's your faith in your decision. As Neville defines faith, loyalty to unseen reality. How would you react to your boss, your co-workers, and everyone else throughout your day, resting in the certainty that your wish is fulfilled? I bet your reactions would be different. You would have a much more pleasant day knowing that regardless of what you're seeing at the moment, I am remaining loyal to the unseen reality, the one I've already imagined and felt inside me. Have some fun with your imagination. Life is so much more than what we were raised to believe. There's so much out here, so much within you. Imagine the thrill of discovering something new this weekend. I love you. I'm feeling twisty.